Um, welcome, everybody, to our monthly Pinky Promise study. If this is your first time joining us, I'm so, so happy to have you guys here, and I'm so excited about tonight's study. Um, every single month, I send out a monthly study, and also I send out um, just video information so you can log on, and so I can teach on the area that we studied on that month. So when you meet together in your small group, you have your you have your study, and then also the girls usually get together and they watch these as well. So um, I just want to welcome you guys. You can find groups near you by going to PinkyPromiseMovement.com. Um, I'm excited, but I'm a little sad. Not really sad, but in one month we have our um, our annual Pinky Promise Conference. I am so so thrilled, and I'm so excited um, about this conference. I I just I know the glory of God is going to hit that place. The tests and the trials I've had to endure <laughs> with planning the conference is just mind-blowing to me, and I just know that the enemy is after it, and I'm so excited about seeing what God is going to do. Also, we're getting really close to signing our contract for 2016. So save the date. It's, I believe, the fourth week of July for 2016. We're going to be back in Atlanta. Um, I believe it is July 21st, but I'll send it out, the information, um, in 2016, or for 2016. Um, also, I am eight months pregnant. You can't really see my belly, but um, I am not going to be doing a study for the month of June because we have the Pinky Promise Conference. Then um, I'm not going to be doing a video chat study for July because I will be giving birth. Isn't that so exciting? I can't wait. I'm really excited. I can't wait to meet baby girl, Lindsay, and just, you know, I can't wait to introduce her to you guys. Um, I'm really excited, but my husband is going to be doing the video chat and the study for that month. So you guys have to tune in and show him support and ask a bunch of questions. But um, so that will be going on. I'm going to try to upload another study um, before beforehand via YouTube. Um, I want to do a study on, or not really a study, just a YouTube video on how to hear from God and all that other good stuff. So if you've not registered yet for the conference, you still can. We have a couple seats left, literally a couple seats. So it's PinkyPromiseMovement.com. I'm sorry, PinkyPromiseConference.com. Um, and I think that is it for now. So let's go ahead and pray in and get started. It's going to be um, one hour. We'll do 30 minutes of preaching and 30 minutes of answering questions that were sent to me earlier today. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. God, there's none like you on this earth. Lord, I just thank you for waking me up this morning. I thank you for a brand new day to worship you with my life, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're my portion. I thank you that you're my hope and joy and peace. I just thank you for today's study, God. Everything that we've talked about, I pray it comes out the way that you want it to. I pray that it's all of you, God, and it's none of me. I'm just the vessel that you're using. Put the words in my mouth, God, and prepare their hearts to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you have the television on if you have something going on in the background, I encourage you to turn it off. Um, I believe that it's, it's hard sometimes to be able to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you if you have so much clutter going on in your life. And let's just be real. A lot of people have a lot of clutter and a lot of different issues and problems going on in their life, and we won't take that 30 minutes in that moment to just unplug. Maybe you just need to unplug from technology, from TV, go into a quiet room and just listen and say, okay, well, while I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking. He's going to be giving you a word. Don't waste this time. Don't be distracted. Don't watch TV and watch this at the same time. Take a moment and pull away and say, all right, God, if I'm struggling with enduring and pressing through when I feel like quitting, the last thing I need to do is see what's going on on CNN. The last thing I need to do is to see what's going on in everybody's reality TV life. It's not even real because it's scripted in the first place. Some of y'all need to start fighting for your life. Like, you're not even fighting. Like, there's no fight in you. It's almost like you just you go and you listen to stuff, you get excited about it, and then after that, Satan comes and he snatches up the seed that was planted in your heart because you're so cluttered and you're so distracted. You're so focused on all of the wrong things. Let's just take a moment and make sure we're not being distracted. Let's just start there. Now, what I want to do is we call the shake it off. And what it is is whatever's worried you or stressing you out or whatever care you have going on in your heart, we're going to give it to the Lord, whether it's from school, from graduation, to what am I going to do with my life, to, you know, I can't stand my husband, to how am I going to pay this bill, to how am I going to do this, how am I going to do that. Let's just take a moment and cast our care on God. He cares for us. So just take a moment in your own words and just open up your mouth and just 
tell God what is on your heart. So, God, I just give you today, give you my schedule, I give you the conference. (laughs) I just give you fear and worry and any care that I might have in my heart, God. I just give you this ministry, give you the conferences and my schedule and being able to balance it all, Lord. Help me just to enjoy this moment with you, Lord. Help me just to appreciate you, Holy Spirit. God, I know you love me and you're with me and you'll never leave me and forsake me. God, you're for me and you're not against me. I just love you, Lord. Just worship your holy, holy name. You're faithful and you're so good. Thank you for being my portion, God. Thank you for filling me up, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. So today's study is enduring, pressing through when you feel like quitting. So let me just put a PSA out here right now. We all go through things. We all do. Even if people pretend like they're not going through things, they're going through things. And this is not to rejoice in what we go through, but we're all being developed. We're all a work in progress. We're all pressing towards that mark of the high calling through and by Christ Jesus. So let me just clear up any type of thing where you might be comparing yourself to somebody that seems like they have the most perfect life. It's all a lie. There's no such thing as a perfect life. We all are going through tests and trials. We are all going through things. And that's why I can't sit here and pretend like, oh, pregnancy is so beautiful. I've just had the most perfect pregnancy every single day. Everything is so great. No, that's a lie. And I don't want the next person to get pregnant and, and to say, well, her pregnancy was perfect. Why is it mine? No. We're all, we live in a fallen world. We, because we live in a fallen world, we're going to go through things. Our body is going to go through things. And, yes, you can walk on faith, and, yes, you can trust God and believe that you have a beautiful pregnancy. But you know what? What if it doesn't happen? Is God still not God? Each season in your life is going to prepare you for the next one. And a lot of us are trying to run out of the season that we're in right now because we're uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable. We want out. We want out. God, I need to get married. God, if my husband would change, if this child would change, if this happened, if I could could just get this job, if if I just had this amount of money. The thing is you're looking to events in your life, and you're saying, well, if this would just happen, then I would. But I want to tell you this. It's so far from the truth. You must learn to endure the process of where you are right now in your life and stop trying to squirm out of every single test, every single development, every single trial that comes your way. You're going to go through things here on this earth. You're going to have hard days. But this is where, where it's important that you spend that time with God. It's where important that you, where you're clinging to him and that you're reading this word and you're spending time in this word. But the thing is a lot of us aren't spending time in this word. We're not reading this Bible. We're not pouring our heart out to God, and so when we get hit with tests and trials, then we're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And it's almost like that little crumb that you got from your pastor on Sunday service, Sunday morning, is not going to be enough to sustain you. It's time for you to have a real and authentic relationship with Jesus. You can't depend on anybody else's salvation. You will stand before God alone. So let's talk about endurance. Now, I want to talk about two different types. Of endurance. Now, there's one type of endurance that we need to look at. You might be enduring something in your life right now that because of your own sin. For example, um, maybe you're just being disobedient. You haven't been listening to God. You've been entertaining sin. So now because you keep laying up in the bed with a boy, now you're depressed every single day. You think you might be pregnant. You might have STD. So now you're dealing with the consequences of that, and you're in the middle of that, and you're still entangled in that and entangled in that lifestyle. I'm not telling you to endure in that. I'm telling you to cut off the, cut off the man. You need to quit on that. The, the title is Pressing Through When You Feel Like Quitting. Some things you need to quit on. For example, you need to quit on some stuff that God is telling you to quit on. Maybe it's a guy that's keeping you from him. Maybe it's that nasty attitude that you have. Maybe it's your mouth where you always complaining, you always nagging, and you ain't never happy. Like, this, maybe, it's, maybe it's your facial expression. Maybe you constantly give everybody an eye and look at them and roll your eyes at everybody because you think that you're all so great and so wonderful, and I'm sure that you are. But you hear what I'm saying. There's some things that you need to quit on that have nothing to do with this enduring process. 
In order to get on the correct path, you must be being obedient to the Lord. If you're not being obedient to the Lord, then, then this sermon is not going to matter because if you go back to the vomit and the filth that you're living in, you're living with that man and y'all aren't married, you need to cut homie off. He needs to go. You need to go. You need to go before the Lord and be like, God, is this the one? If the worst thing you do is get married to somebody just because y'all living together and you're trying to save a couple dollars, especially when God is your provider. Whatever the area is, you have to ask yourself, am I being obedient to the Lord right now in my life? Am I being faithful to him? If you can honestly say yes, then we can go on to the next one. Being obedient means that tests and trials are going to come. It's inevitable. You can't get away from it. Uh, You're going to have to develop this flesh of yours because our flesh wants to do what it wants to do. And I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, I want you to be happy. It's all about you being happy. No, it's not about you being happy because you know what makes me happy? What makes me happy is sitting down in my bed and eating some vegan donuts every single day, just sitting down there, not working out, not working on my book, not doing any work. That's what would make me happy and watching Shark Tank all day long. Stuff like that, that makes me happy. But you know what? I have to discipline myself, get up, work out, not eat unhealthy, take my vitamins, I don't like taking vitamins, but you know what? My body needs them to function and do what it wants to do. It's all about your happiness. And I think sometimes we've bought a lie from the world and even certain pastors where it's all about your happiness. And if you're not happy, you have to do what makes you happy. No, it's not. You need to do what the Lord is telling you to do. You need to be obedient to him. As I was saying, some things you need to go ahead and quit on. What do you need to quit on in your life? You're talking about endure. I'm endure because I'm going to be a ride and die because this is my man. No, God is telling you to cut him off. That's your idol. That's not your ride and die. That, that's an idol. You may as well go and, and make a little shrine and a little blanket and bow down and worship your boyfriend because that is what you're doing. You're choosing him constantly over God. So let's go to Hebrews 12 and 1. Hebrews 12 and 1. Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore, since we have been surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, and I love this, just the beginning, I think we just read past it sometimes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, you're, you're surrounded by a huge, a huge crowd of witnesses. The streets are watching you. They are watching your life. They're trying to see if this faith thing works. They're trying to see if you're obedient to the Lord. They're trying to, they're checking you out. So since we're surrounded by, by people that are watching us in our home, our children, our husbands, um, whatever the case is, because of that, let's keep reading, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Now, there's a weight on some of you guys. You have a weight on you. You're carrying baggage. You're carrying stress. You're carrying, you're carrying a sin. You're carrying loneliness. You're carrying depression. And Jesus came to the earth. to He tore the veil. And so now we have direct connection to God. So now you might be saying, how do I do that? How do I have this relationship with God? How do I strip off that weight? You have to let go. It's like, you can't, it's like some of us, you have to do it by faith. It's almost like you're like you want some practical reason. No, it's by faith. I let it go. It's done. I'm not going back. I remember when I was in a bad relationship, and I used relationships a lot because I was just, I kept me a man. I was a train wreck when I was single. Um, but I was going through that season, and I just made up in my mind. I said, you know what, God? I know too much. I've, I've heard the sermon. I've been to the conferences. I've been to church. I know I'm fat off of information but I'm not applying any of it to my life. So today, God, I'm going to cut off these randoms. And then I knew I wouldn't go marry, but I was bored or lonely, so we just hung out and whatever. And I did things I shouldn't have been doing. And I said, God, you know what? I'm done. I ain't going back. By faith, I'm not going to go back. And because when I stepped out and made that decision to strip off that weight that slows me down, that relationship was slowing me down. It's almost like I was carrying all of my exes on my back, and I'm carrying them, and they're weighing me down, and they're weighing me down, and I don't feel good about myself, and I feel insecure, and I, I just don't feel like I'm enough, and I just, and it's like God is trying to, to pull me along. He's trying to pull me along, and I've got all these weights of insecurity and inferiority on my back, and it's like I'm trying to free you from those things that are on the back of you. Let them go. Give them to me. And for 
shot it says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So because we know that, by faith, we have to let go of those sins that so easily beset us. We have to let go of those sins that are weighing us down. Those sins are tripping you up. And let's keep reading. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So you're doing it by keeping your eyes on him. You have to keep your eyes on him. Stop looking for a formula. Stop looking for get rich, whatever. Stop, stop running after all these things that this world is pumping at you to tell you that's how you're going to be successful. Successful comes from keeping your eyes on Jesus and, and being obedient to him and what he's telling you to do. Keep reading. Because of the joy waiting in him, he's endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think about the hostility he endured from the sinful people. Then he won't be weary and give up. And I love this because I think if we just take a moment and think about everything that Jesus went through when he died for us on the cross, when he was, you know, beaten, when he was stoned, when he was talked about, when he was bashed, and if you look at that and you say, you know what, I haven't endured to the point of shedding of blood. I haven't endured to the point where people have stoned me and I still said, God, I will stand and I will trust you. No, I haven't. So we almost have to compare ourselves and our walk to, to his because if we do, we won't, like the scripture says, we won't become weary and give up because we know our eyes are on eternity. Our eyes are not on the temporary things on this earth. Our eyes are not on it. And it says, after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. You haven't given up your life. Jesus gave up his life when he was sinless. What a beautiful example to us to say, you know what, God, because, you know what, Jesus, because you didn't quit, I'm not going to quit either. And do you know I have my moments? I have my moments where people always ask me, you know, you're going to do a conference and you're, you're going to be about 35, 36 weeks pregnant. How do you feel? I don't ask myself how I feel about it. You think I care? I have to do what God is telling me to do. I have an assignment. I have a charge from the Lord to, 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 to finish some project that he told me to do, and I can't tell him because I'm pregnant and I'm nauseated and I don't feel good today that I can't do that, God. You see, I want God to trust me. I don't know about you, but I want God to trust me. I want, I want, I want him to know that when he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it regardless of what's going on in my body, regardless of going, what's going on around me, regardless of the finances. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to press in and I'm going to believe him no matter what. Can God trust you to endure? Can he trust you not to be weary and give up? Because the thing is, if you keep giving up, you're going to have to take these tests over and over again. And I don't want to take this test again, and I'm not trying to take this test again. So you better believe I'm going to pass it. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to be content. Lord, I am thankful. I'm thankful for my schedule. I'm, and, and I'm swamped. If I could just if I could go through everything that I do on a regular basis, I mean, you'd probably be shocked. But I don't even ask myself how I feel about it anymore. I just trust that God is going to provide the grace for me to do it. And I wake up in the morning and have my time with him. I say, God, God, just grace me for today. Show me what's important. Show me just how to stay focused on you and your kingdom. Just teach my heart to look like yours, God. Show me what's important. You see, it went from me complaining about, oh, God, why, 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 to God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my portion. I'm thankful that you've included me in the plans. I'm just thankful that I spend eternity with you. It's like your mindset has to change. It's got to adjust. So keep going. Verse 5. Have you not forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one as he accepts as a child. Now, as I was reading this, it made me think about Logan, my son. My son is two. Would I give my son an ice right now? No, absolutely not. I would not voluntarily give my son an ice. But my son is pretty smart. He figured out how to push his little stool up, open it up, and we had to put all the knives much higher. So there's just plastic knives that are down there, which, you know, um, won't hurt him by any means. But, again, we still watch him in the kitchen. We make sure that we're always in there with him. But I just make sure 
that even if there is, you know, plastic knives there, that I'm keeping an eye on him because even though he, I wouldn't hand him a knife, he might voluntarily go get a plastic knife. So if he voluntarily goes and gets a plastic knife, as a mother, I have to discipline him and take it away from him because it's not the time for the knife. There's going to be a time for the knife, but the time for the knife is not right now. And some of us are going through a process right now where we feel like God has stripped us and he has taken that knife away from us, and we're like, God, I want my knife. I want it, but you're not ready for the knife right now. Because if you were ready for the knife right now, then God will give you the knife. But because you're not ready for it, you're going to abuse it and you're going to hurt yourself. So if God has stripped you from something and you're struggling to trust him right now, I want to tell you that you've got to endure and you have to keep pressing and you have to keep going and you have to know that, you know what, Lord, you're with me. And if I was supposed to have that thing, I would have had it. And that my hope will not be in temporary things and temporary seasons here on this earth. My hope is going to be in you, God. What a waste of time if you go your whole entire life complaining about everything that you wish you would have had your whole life, and you look up and you're in heaven, and all of heaven, you're like, you're looking around in heaven, you're like, do I just waste all my life in eternity or all my life on earth complaining, God, when am I going to get this, when am I going to get that? You're never satisfied, you're never happy. I don't care if my son is happy or not about not getting a knife. I love him too much to allow for him to hurt himself. And God is the same exact way with you. He loves you too much to allow for you to hurt yourself. So he's protecting you through this season. Now, now that you've been stripped from those things, now it's time for you just to endure the process. You've got to endure. You have to go through it. And I love the example of a diamond. I'll, I wrote it in my book, Dusty Crowns. I don't know. I asked, what kind of diamond are you? Because diamonds, the real diamonds, are are, are deep within volcan- volcanic activity. So it's deep within the Earth's mantle. So in order for diamonds to come up, up to the Earth, volcanic activity has to happen. So heat and pressure has to happen in order to push the diamonds up to the top. And that's the only way it can happen. Now, some of y'all are cubic zirconians. They're cubic zirconians. And what happens is they're, they're man-made. It's like you look to man for everything. Man is going to take, um, when you have a test, you just quit. You didn't give God a chance. It's like you're running, you're running, and you're like, you know, I'm a diamond. I'm, no, you're not a diamond because you refuse to sit there long enough to get tested and allow for that test to burst some stuff that's, uh, burst some stuff that's out of you. You need some stuff burst out of you. I need some stuff burst out of me. It is a constant journey. So what kind of diamond are you? I'm not trying to be, you know, cubic zirconian. I want to be a real authentic diamond, one that God can constantly use. I want to be man-made. I don't want to look to man as my source. They're not my hope. So when I'm going through tests and trials, I go to the cross and I say, all right, God, I'm going to cling to you. And to be honest with you, yes, I've had to cling to God more than ever in this season of my life because I got a toddler running around. I have ministry and business going on. I have so many things going on, and I have a growing stomach and my body doesn't seem to care about my schedule. But I have learned that if God brought me through this season, to this season, he is going to prepare me. He's going to develop me. And there's something on the other side of this. I need to learn from this. I need to mature from this. And I need to grow from this. And I'm not going to try to control God and tell God what he needs to do, what he doesn't need to do. I'm not going to do it. Let's go to Philippians 4 really quick. Three and twelve. I'm sorry. Philippians three and all right. So this is what we do in the midst of enduring and just pressing through and deciding not to quit. Philippians four and four. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. And I love this about setting it out and it says, In all seasons, at all times. Be full of the joy in the Lord. That's hard. <laughs> that is really hard. It's like, what do you mean at all times? Even when my husband is cutting up, even when, you know, I cook this gourmet meal and, you know, my son wants cereal. It's just like, you know, even when things just don't work out, I have to always be full of the joy in the Lord. But that's the thing. It's 
so important that you stay close to him because there's something that's on the other side of this pressure. Stop depending on your circumstances and how you feel to have joy. Joy is birthed from the fact that you know that Christ is God and he's got your back and he's for you. And he sent the Holy Spirit to help you here on this earth. That is where your joy comes from. It doesn't come from this temporary thing. So some of you just need to learn to develop in joy and say, you know what, God, I'm going to be happy even though I don't feel like being happy. I'm going to trust you, I'm going to rest in you, and I'm going to rest in your timing. I just want to give you guys some really practical, just as we close, um, really practical things. How do you endure when you feel like you want to quit? The first one is you must refuse to quit. It's almost like you've got to take, it's like you have to take all your thoughts and say, okay, is this thought biblical or not? Am I going to sit here and entertain this thought? Am I going to to talk to it, am I going to talk? And that's what some of us do. You sit and you have full conversations with, with Satan, and I don't understand that. Why are you even talking to and entertaining a serpent? It's almost like we're going back to Adam and Eve times. It's like, Eve, why do you keep talking to that serpent? Why do you keep listening to him? You read Genesis and you'd be like, Eve is stupid. But half of y'all do the same exact thing. You sit and you entertain and you talk to the enemy all day long. And you talk to him and he tells you not going to be nothing. He, he lies to you and you believe all the lies that he tells you. So it's almost like you've got to capture those thoughts that are contrary to God's word and speak the word over your life. But how do you know the word unless you spend time with the word? So that takes us to our second one. You've got to make sure you're spending this time with God. And I'm going to constantly press this and remind you over and over again, you're distracted. You spend more time with technology than you do the Holy Spirit. You spend more time watching TV than you do sitting before the Lord. And you wonder why your life is in shambles. You wonder why things aren't working out. You wonder why you're depressed and you don't feel good about yourself. Yes, the attacks and the trials are going to come. We're believers and you must expect it. But we must have a shield of faith up. And when, and when the fiery darts of the enemy come our way, our shield comes up and it says, no, I'm not going to receive that. No, I'm not going to accept that. No, I'm going to trust again. No, I'm, I believe that marriage works um, even though my family got divorced, my parents got divorced. No, I'm not going to cast down that thought. I'm going to trust you, God. I believe you have a purpose and you have a plan for my life. No, and that's the thing. You must have the shield of faith up. And the shield of faith comes from you spending that time in the word of God. You have to do it. It's so vital for your walk. You've got to spend that time with God. And some people might say, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I spend time with God, you know, on my way to work. I hear what you're saying, and that's good. And it's good that you're spending that time with God. But let me be clear. What if he starts speaking to you and you need to write it down? I know for me, as soon as I sit down and spend time with God, he immediately starts talking. So I got my journal, I have my pen, and I'm writing, and I'm taking notes on what he's telling you to do. Um, I want to make sure that he's got my undivided attention. I don't know about you, but what if you're hanging out with a friend and she's, like, on her phone the whole time and, like, on her computer, not really paying attention, not really giving you the full attention? Um, you'd probably be like, would you please put that down for five minutes and just talk? Let's look eye to eye. And I think sometimes that's what God wants from us, too. He's like, would you just put all that stuff down? Stop running around and just come and talk to me. Well, I'm a mother. I have a lot of kids. I hear what you're saying. You probably know what time your kids wake up. You might have to sacrifice a little bit of sleep to spend that time with God and tell your kids, look, if they're of age, you, you want me to spend time with God. You need me to spend time with God. Um, number three, turn, off, turn the phone off, man. Some of y'all just need to unplug. If you're going through a war, I mean, think about it. Think about, you know, if soldiers are going through a war, they're not on the battlefield on their phone when you look down. No, their eyes are up. They're aware. There's like attacks are going to come. Let me make sure I'm prepared. Let me make sure that I'm alert and aware of what is going on. And some of us are just like I was saying, cluttered. I just sense such a clutterness in my heart. And it just seems like, you know, we're just so easily distracted by the simplest thing. Four, guard your heart. Who, who's going to be all fouling, fouling online? You need to go through and say, okay, I love this. YouTube guru who doesn't make up, but she cusses every other word. You might need to guard your heart from that. You, you just might. You have to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Um, you could be following certain people, you know, certain celebrities or whatever online. You've got to guard your heart because you might be comparing your life and not even realizing it, and then a plant is getting seeded. A plant of seeds are getting planted in your heart, 
And it might tell you that, you know, they aren't saved and they seem like they're happy. And you might seem like, well, if, if she got married 20 times, I could get married 20 times. If she has men saved tonight, I can have no. Our, our example comes from this word. It comes from this word. We have to make sure we know this word. And we can say that ain't biblical. And some of y'all be like, oh, how you going to judge? You judge yourself. That's how she's living. That's what she's doing. I'm just choosing to guard my heart. I purposely don't follow a lot of people. You can go through my friends. I follow food people, <laughs> my friends, um, people that work out so I get convicted about working out. Very intentional because I have to guard my heart. Um, when I get attacked with a dream or a bad thought, I ask myself, okay, where did I give Satan a door? Can I give him a door somewhere? Let me go shut that door. Let me make sure I can give him an open door in my heart. So constantly ask yourself, am I giving Satan an open door to wreak havoc in my life? Last one. Get your eyes off of you. Um, this is a really big one because I think sometimes when we're going through something, our eyes are just turned inward. We have a pity party. We are feeling it. It is all about us, and, you know, it's all about you. So get your eyes off of yourself and help somebody who needs it. It could be if you're single, maybe you know a mom that's pregnant or she's got kids. Maybe go over and cook dinner one night. I mean, if you went and cooked dinner for her, trust me, if somebody came over and cooked me dinner, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, something so little or, you know, go say, hey, can I come over and just help, help you do some laundry? Um, you know, can I just come and do something like Like, that's worship. That service is on to the Lord. So let the Holy Spirit lead you, but get your eyes off of yourself. We get so wrapped up in our own problems and our own things that we totally forget and neglect everybody else on the outside. And those are the people that God could be trying to use you to reach. So that's it for enduring the process and just not quitting. I just want to encourage you, and as I was studying this, I just felt it so heavy in my heart. Just don't quit. God has such a plan for your life. you you got to keep going. We need you to keep going. The body of Christ needs you to not quit. What if I would have quit? What if my husband would have would have quit? We, I wouldn't have Pinky Brown the tea when I had the Gathering Oasis and the Man Cave. I've had so many chances to quit, and I've made a decision in my life that I'm going to be obedient to the Lord at all costs, no matter what it looks like. So I challenge you to do the same exact thing. I'm no special person. I grew up in a small town on a dirt road in Brooklyn, Michigan. I didn't have a big ministry, you know, my dad wasn't a pastor. I didn't have that big ministry name. I didn't have any of that. I literally just had the Holy Spirit, which is all we really need. And he literally opens up these doors, and, and it's such a beautiful exchange. So know that if God can take somebody that, you know, was adopted and to a beautiful family, I adore my family, but just adopted and just felt rejected and just didn't feel good about herself and insecure young little girl and use her, know that God can use you too, no matter what you've got them, no matter how many baby daddies you have, no matter what is going on, how many men you've slept with, no matter how many times you bashed your husband, you can start brand new and fresh in Christ. Will you do it, though? Will you press? And will you not quit? Lord, I just thank you for this message. I just, I pray it was good on, it was, it was poured on good ground. I pray that the enemy won't come and snatch the seeds that were poured out. I just pray, God, for my sisters. I pray that they endure and they don't quit. I thank you, God, that they quit on the right things, not the wrong things. I pray that they just quit on this world and they pursue you with all of their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So now I'm going to go through some questions. Now, I got lots and lots of questions. Um, I hate that I can't answer all of them. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of questions, so I'm only going to go through and answer you know, for the next 30 minutes because I can't physically answer all of them. But I want you guys to know that I have a blog. The blog is called HeatherLLindsay.com. I literally probably have talked about all of the questions that you guys have. I also have, you know, this YouTube video, I have um, a YouTube channel with lots of different things I've preached on. If you go to TalkShoe and you type in The Gathering Oasis, you'll find some of my past sermons as well. So there's a wealth of information out there. If your question does not get asked, I encourage you to, to do some research. Read some, read a, and then I have four books. 
or I have three books. I'm about to release release my fourth one on June fifth. So, um, so yeah. Okay. I have been at my job for a little over a year. I love my supervisor. I have great coworkers, and I make decent money. My issue is the job has become stressful to the point that it's causing so much anxiety. I've been leaving early and taking days off because some days I just can't bear it. I'm so thankful for my job, and I look forward to getting up and being able to go to work because everyone doesn't have that privilege, but the stress of the job is taking toll on me. I'm engaged. I'll be getting married in July. I don't want to enter our marriage with the financial burden of not working. So I've been there. I worked, if you've read my book, um, I worked at a company. I worked there 80 hours a week. I was stressed out. Uh, it was hard. My advice to you is, one, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. I asked the Lord to leave the job for two years, and he told me no until two years later. So I knew I was supposed to be there to develop. And it's in those stressful moments, it's when you really develop and you learn to trust God. If you went to a job where everything was easy, everything was great and happy and wonderful, um, you're not going to grow and mature as much as you would in a, in a more stressful situation. So how are you dealing with the stress that comes your way? Um, my advice to you would be, one, be led by the Lord. If he's telling you to be there, you want to make sure you're there. It can't be about the money. I know, you know, you might say, well, that's easy for you to say, no, trust me. It can't be about the money. I have quit many jobs. I've taken many jobs um, that didn't pay much when, you know, I did work in corporate America um, because the Lord told me to take them. So it's so important that you're growing, you're developing, and maturing because if not, the next job you go to, you're going to find the same problem there. I also sense that maybe you just need a break. Maybe you're just stressed out from the wedding planning, all these things that are going on. Maybe you just need to take a couple days off to just unwind, take a moment, get your nails done, do something for yourself, and just refresh because you're, you're stressed. And, again, make sure you're spending that time with God. Um, I've had a stomach inflammation condition for five years now recently due to stress, stressful life events and not having enough money to eat. Um, and now it's gotten worse. My husband tries to help out as much as he can, but but it's hindering my daily task and being able to go to work daily. I'm starting to lose hope that I will ever be healed and be able to um, pursue my purpose in children and have children. How would I get through um, this hard season and still have hope? Again, this goes back to exactly what I preached on. You have to count it all joy. You have to press through this condition. You have to just press and just say, God, give me the grace to do what I need to do. God, you have to help me. You're not surprised by this. I know you're with me, Lord. I know you love me. I believe that I'm healed by your stripes, God. I know you got to talk back to yourself. Um, this morning, I kind of woke up and I was feeling very, very nauseated. and I, I felt terrible. And I knew my husband was hungry and I knew my son was hungry. And um, could I have just asked my husband to make his own food? Yes. Of course I could have. My husband's very understanding and great with that. But I like to serve my husband. I want to serve my husband. And so I just got up, and it's almost like I got up and I ate some fruit and I drank some water. And it's almost like if I, because I took those extra steps, it's almost like I felt like the Lord met me there and just graced me and gave me strength. So I'm, just, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying that, you know, you're healed and that you cling to God during the season that you trust him. Okay. Okay. My daughter has been court-ordered to go to her dad's every other weekend, and I hate it. He is not safe, so you can only imagine the worldly influences she experiences over there. I don't feel safe with her going, and it's almost like I'm waiting for something bad to happen. I prayed, my church prayed, and yet God still allowed the visitation to take place. What can I do to, to overcome this deep sadness? I don't want anything to happen to my daughter. I'm having a hard time trusting God. Um, I feel like the second my son leaves, maybe he might go somewhere with, you know, the nanny or with family, I immediately start as a mother just, and I think it's like the mother thing. It's like you're just, you're worrying. You're like, what if something happens? I'm not there to protect, you know, my child. And I remember one time the Lord told me, he said, or many times, he said, Heather, that's my child too. He belongs to me. And I think that when he told me that, it's like I got a revelation God, you love my baby more than I could and possibly love him. And the, the, the rage I have as a mother to protect my baby, God has that same thing for you and also your daughter. So my prayer to you is that um, 
you learn to trust him during the season and that maybe you can go back to the course and try to take the necessary steps again to maybe get protected visitation rights, especially if you think that something might be happening. Um, so let the Lord lead you. If he's showing you something, um, I, I would try to take those next steps as needed. But more than anything, you've got to trust him. Tests and trials will will cause you to either cling to the Lord or cling to worry and fear. I'm getting a little bored with life. I just got my social work license and I'm applying for jobs and praying that God will give me a good opportunity. So I have the kind of job I've always wanted, relocate, be close to the friends and family. I'm just getting tired of my current location. Do I keep praying and waiting with expectancy? I remember that um, the Lord told me to go to New York, and I always like to use my example because that's kind of, you know, experience does that to you. Um, senior year at college at Michigan State University, and the Lord told me to go to New York. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt the Lord told me to go there. I mean, there was no question in my head. I knew I was supposed to go there. Um, whether I had a job or not, I was still going to go because I knew that's where God told me to go. So whatever the Lord is telling you to do, if he's telling you to go to a certain place, go there. Um, if you do feel like you're just in a lonely season right now or you're just bored, then you might want to just go before the Lord and say, all right, God, I'm in a season right now and it's quiet. The next season I'm in is probably going to be pretty busy. So teach me how to trust you right now in what I'm going through. And teach me how to be patient and, and hear your voice. And you get rid of that clutter. You get rid of anything that might be distracting you. And don't move because you're, you're bored. Because being bored and discontent is, is a state of the heart, not an event. All right. My husband and I have been married for one year. He's committed several acts of infidelity that also produced a child. I'm so sorry. I've chosen to stand for my marriage and not give in to divorce, even though I could. I love my husband, and I trust God to turn this all the way around. He's very scared of seeking counsel, but I'm trusting God to prepare his heart for that. I just wanted to seek advice on holding on, not giving up, and more importantly, healing the pain an emotional roller coaster. I don't know how, you know, I know how. It's really the Lord. Um, so we're all standing in agreement with you and praying for you. Um, I do think that he needs counseling. He needs some type of, um, I would try to find a Christian counselor um, or maybe even go into professional counseling. Um, I know a friend that went through the same exact thing, um, and they're Christians, and her husband was coming to this other side of being a Christian, that he was all the way there yet, but they went through lots and lots of counseling. That was one of her requirements for him in their marriage um, in order for the marriage to move forward to know that he's making efforts and he's making a change and trying to change. So, um, you know, my best advice would be to pray like crazy for your husband. Um, and I pray like this for my husband daily, and I encourage any wives to do the same exact thing. Um, I pray every day that he flees from any tempting situation. I pray that if a tempting situation tries to attack my husband, that he will pass the test and that he will choose to live for God, even though it doesn't feel good, even though it might be hard. I just pray that, you know, the enemy doesn't have his hands on him. I mean, I pray like that, and my husband has never committed infidelity against me, but I'm not, I'm not closed-minded to the fact that Satan will look for a door in my marriage and try to ruin my marriage and my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know he's going to try. So keep praying for your husband like crazy and and pray that the Lord will heal you and teach you how to trust again. And um, I believe that God will get the glory out of it. All right. Mm-mm-mm. All right, I have a question concerning discipleship. I know as believers we are supposed to go and share the gospel and make much of Jesus. However, in this season, just finishing my day is exhausting enough without trying to go out and actually share the gospel. My question is, how do you incorporate your duty to share the gospel pre-full-time ministry? How do you go out and disciple? Now, let me be honest. Wherever you work, that's your full-time ministry. Some of us are waiting almost for 
you know, not, not I'm not saying you are, but for like a stage or an opportunity, your job is your full-time ministry. Whatever you're going to on a regular basis, that is your full-time ministry. So they're checking you out and they're checking out your life. So you have great opportunities throughout the day, whether you go to Target to go pick up some toilet paper or whatever the case is, to be led by the Holy Spirit to help somebody and to reach somebody. I think sometimes we think, okay, I need to set the time aside to go here. And maybe there might be a season for that, but maybe it's not time for that season right now. So whatever season you're in right now, work with what God has given you. If you're at the gas station and God tells you to go pay for their gas, go pay for their gas. Like whatever the season that you're in right now, let the Holy Spirit lead you to be a blessing to others right where you are. All right. Um, Let's read another one. I've been discouraged for the past couple weeks. I'm a senior in high school, and I found out that I'm not graduating this month. I have to wait till July, and it hurts badly because graduating on time was something I really wanted, and God is my witness. I've worked hard all year. I've always been one B. However, the situation went wrong when my courses caused my graduation to be delayed. I'm disappointed, and while everyone is excited, I feel awful. I've been praying that God would intervene, but unfortunately he hasn't. I know he's allowed it to happen for a reason, but I'm trying my best not to lose faith. How can I stay positive through all this while waiting um, on God's help? Again, I think I just talked about it throughout the thing. Um, you have to take your eyes off of the temporary and look to the eternal. One day you're going to stand before God, and you're not even going to be thinking about your graduation. But you're just going to be thinking about his greatness and his majesty and his holiness. This is a test for you to pass, an opportunity to share your faith with other people that are believers that are young like you as well. So I commend you for your faith of trusting God as a senior in high school. I think that's beautiful. You have to guard your heart against those negative thoughts that are coming your way. Things happen. You can't control everything that happens in your life. But what you can control is your attitude towards what happens. So be determined and just be focused and just say, you know what, Lord, I just give you this thing. I give you this situation. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. My hope is in you and it's not in this world. Um, My hope isn't in a diploma. It's in the cross. So I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating. But at the same time, you have to trust him. Okay. My question is, how do you know when God wants you to take a leap of faith and come out what you've been struggling to endure and trust him when you're supposed to stay there for whatever reason it is. I thought it has to be if he opens another door for you, then that's how you would know. It. Then that's not really a leap of faith, is it? I don't want to literally quit something if it has, if it's not what God wants you to do. Um, I think I addressed that um, in today's session, but <laughs> it's important for you to be led by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of these questions go back to you being led by the Lord. It goes back to your time that you spend with God. It goes back, I know sometimes we want almost like an answer from somebody because we think that, you know, that will affirm it. But what if, that's why I keep my questions or my responses um, as biblical and general as I can because you might come to me and say, well, she's supposed to be my friend or not. Now, <laughs> I don't know what the Lord's telling you. Is he telling you you need to cut that person off? I'm not sure. Like, what is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? And sometimes we don't want to sit and wait before him and be led by him in everything that we do. And it's so important that you're led by him because what if you weren't supposed to cut that person off? What if you weren't? And then you look to me because you say, well, Heather told me to cut off. No, no, Heather didn't tell you that. You need to make sure the Holy Spirit's telling you to do that. You have to make sure that you're being led by him. Um, I've stepped out on faith many times without seeing an open door. Um, when I quit my job at Death Jam and the Lord opened up another door, oof, don't mind me, and the Lord opened up another door after I quit. So after I stepped out on faith, then he opened up another door. So you never know what the Lord is going to do, but you have to trust him in the middle of it. For the past year or two, I've been struggling with a stronghold. My ex-fiance and I lived together for a year, and he was the love of my life and my high school sweetheart. Although he was not the same age as me when we met, he was actually my high school teacher, wow, back then. And I feel that God allowed me to go through that to show me that I had issues with avoiding my dad after my dad left after splitting up with my mom. However, he was um, verbally and physically abusive to my mom, 
in terms that I allowed my ex-fiance to be abusive towards me. We called it quits eventually. However, we remained in contact, and he always supported me financially. So he continues to check on me and make sure that I'm okay. Eventually, I realized that it's not a God, and I was convicted, and I blocked him in every way that I could. However, it seems like I have a lot of hatred in my heart for him, and I'm praying about it every day, and I have not gotten a good response from God. However, my ex continues to reach out to me to make amends. How do I deal with it? Um, it sounds like you need to forgive your dad. It sounds like you are holding on to that hurt and that unforgiveness from your dad, and because you're holding on to that so hard that any relationship that you have afterward is going to feel the effects of it. Now, I'm not saying I agree with the relationship that you have with your ex-fiance. I don't like that you guys live together, um, and I think that you maybe gravitated towards him, as you were saying, because of the void that you had with your dad. So I don't, do I think that's God's best for you? I don't. Um, because of the physical abuse and verbal abuse and things like that, and the fact that you guys live together, and also the fact that he's trying to be your God, he's trying to be your dad, he's trying to take care of you. I think you need to forgive your dad. I think your issue goes much, much deeper. So my advice um, to you is, I'm going to say it, your hatred is, is not just towards your fiance, ex-fiance, it's towards your dad. It's important that you forgive dad, forgive him. He just didn't know better. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. He was a bad example You've got to forgive him and you've got to give him the God and you have to let him go. Same thing with your ex. Don't entertain him reaching out to you, um, especially if you're being tested in the area of finances. He might come around like, you know, I can give you money, I can take care of you. I had guys do that too, and God told me to cut those guys off too because God truly wanted to be my provider and he wanted to be my Lord. It's almost like when you take a chance on God and will you truly trust him and will you truly press, into him and give him all the bad relationships, all the bad, everything that happens, and let him, like, clean your slate. You have to give him an opportunity to do that. How do I get my teenage daughter to understand that I'm doing the best I can to provide as a single mother? I feel unappreciated, and I do nothing but work hard to provide the best I can. I know she's at a trying age. But I just don't feel like I'm getting through to her. Um, I recommend The Power of a Praying Mother. I encourage you to go get that by Stormy O. Martin. Um, You have to understand, and you were a teenager, so you know. Teenagers, nothing can satisfy them. Nothing is good enough, especially when they're comparing you to other people and their other friends and their other peers and stuff as well. You can't control that. But what you can control is your response towards her. You can be loving. You can be kind and you can, you can say to her, sweetheart, I'm doing the best that I know how to do. I know you don't totally understand, but one day you will. And, you know, until then I'm just going to love you and I'm going to do the best that I know how to do. You, can, you can't hold on to that guilt. You can't hold on to that weight that's on your back that says, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, because I'm trying to do my best I can do. And, and she's not happy. She's, she might not be happy, but you know what? She, she might need to come to a place where she learns to depend on God like you depend on God. So, my example, or my advice to you, be an example to her. Be an example in your daily walk with her. You show her the love of Christ. If the Holy Spirit tells you don't buy them shoes for her because you don't have it, you tell her, sweetheart, I can't buy the shoes. But I encourage you to go before the Lord and pray and ask him for them. Encourage her to have a relationship with God and develop that. Mm-mm-mm. All right. It's lonely for me since I'm trying to have a better life in Christ. I'm 22, and most of the girls I see want to turn up and dress in cute but revealing outfits and joke about sex all the time. I don't fit in. Sometimes it makes Mm -hmm. me feel like I'm too young to be so conservative since the other girls are living a life. Um, What can I do to stop these feelings and keep pressing in what Christ died for? Girl, them, them girls are so empty. It goes back to my book, Pink Lips and Empty Hearts. They got the lipstick on, they had the makeup on, they had their, their boobs out, they had the whole revealing thing, but they don't feel good about themselves. They find their value and they find their worth in people giving them attention and turning up and talking about sex. They're so empty. And when I gave my life to Christ, it was about when I was about 21 years old, and I felt like people were kind of doing the same thing. But I got to the point where I'm like, I've been there and I've done that. There's nothing fulfilling about being disobedient to the Lord. There's judgment on the other side of that. There's judgment, and I 
I wanted to stand before God one day, and I feared him, and I didn't want to go to hell either. So I wanted to make sure that I was living for him. And what I found was because I had a standard, all those girls with those half-naked clothes used to come to me for advice all the time because I had a standard, because I was an example, because I did not fit in with the world, because I stood out for Christ. Will you stand out and will you be bold for Christ? Even in those times where you feel like, you know, I don't fit in, you ain't supposed to fit in, honey. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. There should be a separation between you and it. So my advice is, honey, don't go back, of course. Guard your heart from those people. And you might need to unfollow them or pull away from those pretend friendships that you have where you feel like you, you can't be yourself. Maybe you need to surround yourself with more believers and stronger people that are around you. And then when you're strong enough, go back and invite those people to church and, and all that other good stuff. Um, okay. My question to you today is advice on scriptures or direction to go in. Me and my child's father broke up in November. He has been so mean to me these past few months, harassing me, and we've had a few issues with violence. It's taking everything in me not to be bitter. But it's so hard when he spreads rumors and keeps trying to break me down. He's, a, he's, he's starting bad rumors about me at work with family and trying to use people to hurt my feelings. I'm trying to be the bigger person, and I pray my way out of it, but every time my spirit comes up, something happens. Um, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Every time I pray, all I hear is wait on me. I don't know what to do it in the meantime. Look. You've got to let God fight your battles. The Bible says it, that vengeance is mine and I will repay. And I've had people, even family members, come for my character, come for my integrity. And I'm like, that's not even true. You totally twisted that. But I know that when I stand before God one day that I, I did what I need to do and I told the truth and I was honest. He's hurt because he's hurt right now. He's trying to, to, to get everybody on his side. So Vengeance is God's, and he will repay. So you have to sit back, like he said, and he says, wait on me. He's saying, wait on me. He's saying, trust me. He's saying, don't worry about your life. I got your back. Will you trust me, and will you rest in me? So I'm going to say the same thing that God told you to do. You have to wait on him. Um, how do you know he's starting rumors about you? You might need to tell those family members that keep relaying the rumors back to you that you're not interested in hearing those rumors. Um, you have to guard your heart. If he's on Facebook doing rants about you, you might need to block him from Facebook and not go back on his page and get upset. Um, you have a part to play in guarding your heart, so make sure you're guarding your heart. All right. Um, All right. I've been... Uh, I've had trouble making friends since I became a Christian. I found out a lot of sisters only want to be friends with other sisters who have some sort of name or popularity or associated with somebody who does. I feel like I met nicer people when I was in the world. How can I make friends when a lot of Christian girls I run to uh, run into have the you can't sit with us attitude? Um, I think that's too bad that you're experiencing that and that you're going through that. I'm not sure where you live, but I do want you to know that there's pinky promise groups all over the world. So my prayer is that you can find one nearby, and we don't have that those attitudes and you can't sit with us. It's like, no, you sit with us. Let's talk about your life. Let's talk about what's going on with you. So go to pinkypromisemovement.com and try to find a group near you. Um, but I knew that whenever I got lonely in my life, it was God drawing me back to him. So if you're having a hard time finding friends, just show yourself friendly and, and just spend that time with God and get busy serving and get busy doing all those different things. I believe that God is going to bring the right friendships into your life. I went through a season where I had to cut off all of my friends, per se, um, because they weren't doing godly things and they were influencing me in a really bad way. So I had to cut them off, and I wanted God, and I, wanted, and I, and I was willing to do so. So I cut off all those bad relationships, and I look up, and it's like God has brought so many genuine, authentic people into my life. It's mind-blowing, and I know that he's going to do the same thing for you because he brings those people to encourage us and build us up along the way. So don't quit. Don't, all church girls aren't the same. Um, I've known, I know so many sweet Christian women, and I pray that, that you're able to meet that friend that can do that as well. 
So, again, I'm so sorry I can't get to all of these questions. There's, there's way, way too many. Again, I have books. I have about three books out. My fourth one's coming out on heatherlindsay.com. I've got tons of blogs. If you go to TalkShoe, you can download all of my husband's and I's podcasts. You have our YouTube. There's so many different avenues. But more than anything, you seek the Holy Spirit and you spend that time with him. And, again, you won't see me um, doing our Pinky Promise studies again until August. But next month, we're going to take a break. The month after, I'm going to be giving birth, but my husband will be here. And I'll try to make a, you know, I might, I might come in and say hi with the new baby, depending on when the baby's born. So I love you guys, and I'm praying for you. Just keep pressing into Christ, and don't you ever, ever, ever quit. Love you guys.